So it is edited, and uh, this is the second time of little experimenting of uh, over the phone, um, and that should go right into house cleaning, which is simply two things. Um, I didn't really intend to do the phone call thing um, as like a, a new format or anything, but uh, scheduling has become a little messy for reasons I won't go into, but um, I've sort of tentatively decided to talk to people who are on the East Coast or something similar um, during the day and not doing hang out at night. Um, and it just, it's easier to do that uh, over uh, Google Voice and then, you know, upload later. So obviously things like this are not live. They can't be. Um, but, you know, it just sort of works. Um, and then I stick a picture on it and then throw it up on the YouTubes and it's effectively the same experience except for no, you know, camera bounce back forth, all that stuff. But, um, you know, whatever. I don't think that's really even so important. Except now it's much more of a podcast than anything else, <laughs> which it's like, oh, it's not a vidcast anymore. Um, and on the note of scheduling, um, might keep doing weekly, might go into biweekly. I haven't really decided yet. And I think it's going to be largely a function of what people's schedules are like. So if someone can do, say, week one, uh, then I'll do it. If someone cannot do week one and they can do week two, then I skip week one, you know, that sort of thing. But it depends on a lot of stuff. Um, so, so with that, um, in my ongoing series of welcoming people back who have to hang out with me the first time, um, I think I've now, it's been, uh, Dragon Beard and, uh, Analyze Atheist and now finally the, uh, the man who is on, okay, let me see if I get all this right. So the president, and, and don't correct me yet. Let me fuck it up first. Um, so the president of We Are Atheism, the sort of kind of co-head of Apartment J, which is A News, and, uh, the, I guess, founder-ish of, uh, Godless Gamers, and I, oh, 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 and, uh, one of the cohorts of, okay, do not get this wrong, let's see, it's not, God's Revival, I almost always call it the wrong thing at the wrong time, uh, so I think that's four things, so anyway, um, we'll just pretend that's right, and Lee can correct me in a second, so, oh, oh, and here's, here's the exclusive, Lee is, is going to be, <laughs> you like how I did exclusive, because it's not, um, is going to be uh, a, a speaker at a con, which kind of goes against everything I believe in currently, so he's a jerk for that. Um, but anyway, Lee, how the fuck are you? I'm wonderful, and you got a lot of that wrong. <laughs> no, no, come on. I did not get a lot of that wrong. All well, right, well. You, um, you forgot one that was uh, oh, I did? important. I, I'm the lead organizer of the Manhattan-based group Gotham Atheists as well. But I don't oh, you know what? I uh, Apartment J or co-run that. Brian Allen owns Apartment J, and I own A News, which is a part of Apartment J. So it's kind of a weird structure. Whoa! Yeah, I, I don't think I ever knew that. It's I've got a lot of weird titles. I just I'm I'm trying to see how many I can get before my heart explodes from all the work I have to do. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Uh, well, I've never heard of the Cosmetics thing, so um, that's news to me. <laughs> it's more further further proof I don't fucking pay attention to anything. In fact, I was just on tw Twitter today, and someone mentioned something, um, I think it's called Arbitration Gate. I had never heard of this thing until yesterday. Like, I, I'd never seen anything about it, and then and suddenly everyone's talking about it. I was like, God, how the hell am I always the last to know everything? I, I don't know why that is, but it is. Uh, so, Gotham, what is well, what, Gotham? Well, no, no, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no
Oh, no, no, it's not quite that. It's... Okay, I admit that this is a very flawed position to have. I, I, I make no bones about that. I have felt, for two reasons, I've had huge objections to cons. One is, um, it's been my observation, although not my experience, because I obviously haven't gone to one, that the experience that one can get from a con is pretty much almost identical to the one that one gets from watching the shit that goes on at it on YouTube. Now, granted, that does not include parties and bars and stuff. I, I understand that. But I can get that elsewhere as well. So if, I, don't, I don't have to fly to a separate city and put myself in a hotel and pay for food and all that stuff in order to hang out with L.A. if he's in a bar. So that part, like, it's 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 like when people say, oh, the Bible is true because it has great wisdom. It's like, well, great wisdom is found other places. Therefore, c- claiming divinity through that is bullshit. So, so if I can just turn on YouTube, which is free, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. It's free. And watch a lecture by someone whom I like for free that was at Skepticon or Atheist Con or whatever. I, I don't really – it's like, why, seriously, why would I want to spend probably $1,000 if we're going to add it all up for a weekend that I have to probably take off time from work, which – it's not a huge deal, obviously, but so that's just one reason. The other reason, though, is um, and this is a large taste thing, and I recognize that too. Of the observations that I've done in the five years of cons, there's been say five to ten speakers who are always at them. Like you know the way that they build them, the the the, the advertising. It's like oh, we've got Bob Schmo, and it's like. Okay, I mean, now, granted, some of them I have a huge problem with, uh, both personally and ideologically, and I've never hidden that. So I'm like, okay, why do I want to spend $1,000 for a weekend where half of the speakers, I'm fucking sick of their shit, and I've told them that. (laughs) It's like, why would I want to, why don't I just pay to have one of them punch me in the face? Because that's kind of what's going on. Now, on the other side of that coin, you know, there's people like Dawkins, whom I would love to see, and I know you have seen, and I'm kind of jealous of that. But I still, I, I, I find it hard to scrape together $1,000 to base, basically I'm buying a $1,000 autograph. Because, again, anything that he might have said, I could probably see for free on YouTube. Well, so Let me go ahead and blow away your first two points. Sure, 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 go ahead. Okay, your oh, first no, no, point. I thought that was it. <laughs> well, your first point, let me, let me just say, you would completely change your tune if you actually went to one of these. Because the bar experience is it's, it's irrelevant. Yeah, you can have that anywhere. The the trick with the atheist conventions, and I don't even usually go in to see speakers because I'm too busy having so much fun networking with everybody else right. in the hallways, uh, arranging things, uh, discussing mutual plans, and finding ways to work together on things, or lining up new guests for the various shows I do. So I spend right. a lot of time doing that, and I spend a lot of time like making really good friendships and bonding with these people that I've only ever known on the Internet. And then when right. I see them again at another convention, it's like it's like seeing a long-lost member of your family. It's, it's a wonderful experience. And, yeah, there's some people you always want to avoid, and it's really not that hard to do so because they probably want to right. avoid you too, so that's always fun. Yeah. The, the experience <laughs> you're people not who a, to, uh... You're not spending $1,000 for an autograph. You're spending $1,000 for a weekend with people that you very much enjoy spending time with. Lectures, if you want to listen to them, which, like I said, not everyone does, and I'm going to be doing one 
which sounds a little hypocritical because I don't usually do lectures. It's not because I don't like them. It's just because I already know what I already know the content. Most of the speakers right. I've seen kind of repeat their stories over and over. And I've actually never done a big convention, so what I've got to say is brand new. But to your right. second point, the uh, the speaker sort of uh, repetitiveness. Yeah, that's been a big problem with not just the atheist world, but any convention that has this. You oh, I agree. Have yeah, this, I, this core yeah. group of speakers, and half the time they're saying shit like I said that they've already said a hundred times over. If Greta Christina got on stage and then wanted to do her her what, that one speech she always does, I could probably get up on stage and do it for her in half the time. Seriously, but just in the same intonation. Yeah. <laughs> probably, I have to teach myself enough a few times to get it out right. But uh, <laughs> hey, you said it, I didn't. <laughs> But I'm going to. It's it's got a lot. There are several of those speakers that are always at these conventions and never have anything new to say or say things that just make you want to drive a spike into your head. But they're they get picked and they get thrown at these conventions because people want to see them. Uh, Oh, I I don't deny that. I I recognize there's a market. I mean, if Dawkins comes to a convention, it's gonna it's gonna make think people people come from all over to go see Richard Dawkins. But, like, uh, Richard Carrier, he's going to be at the Pennsylvania Convention. I think he's, like, one of the big speakers there. Which, right. Which, like I said, the convention I'm going to be speaking at. And he draws a crowd. And I certainly don't agree with everything uh, Dr. Carrier has to say. But, you know, he draws a crowd, and that crowd makes these conventions possible. So, In fact, your uh, your partner, uh, Brian, has had a number of very, very harsh things to say about Mr. Carrier, or Dr. Carrier. I've actually and, wanted and- to get... Uh, I've wanted to get uh, Richard Carrier on my show English before, but Brian absolutely refuses to engage with him. That is, see, okay, now that's that's where I'm actually a little disappointed hearing, because I have also, uh, and, and the specific stuff, of course, was the whole atheism plus shit, and I, I completely disagree with uh, Carrier on that, especially, I remember reading, not directly from his site, but I, I think uh, Stefanelli had linked to it, um, and I, I was looking at a screen cap, and I read where Carrier made the claim that, or the claims, rather. One, that um, Atheism Plus was a good thing for various reasons. Two, that um, we should basically make people adhere to these principles through teaching, through, you know, through evangelism, whatever you want to call it. And then three, that we were, that he, uh, he said we, but he, he was talking about he and his, uh, his friends who, who feel this way were winning. And I, I'm fine with one. Like, he believes okay, something I'm not fine is with any of that because all of that is wrong. Because well, one, well, okay, you're, the, you're not going to make a new religion out of atheism. They're not well, going to be tenants, <laughs> and everyone who's tried has failed. Two atheism plus failed. It's dead. It oh, it did. No, I, I, I have no problem. Well, okay, let, let me explain why, why I don't have any problems. One, one, he, he thinks something is important. I have no issue with that. People think things are going to be important, and some of those things that think are going to be important, I'm going to disagree with. So I, I can't have a problem with him finding that important, because then I would have to, you know, what if he finds something that I find important, unimportant? Like, what, that would be an unending argument in, into semantics. Well, yeah, so it's, that's it's the only, Yeah, it, it, yes, that's a much better way to put it. The, the second thing, though, I don't really mind his going out and trying to convince people of it because I try to convince people of things, too. So, again, I can't say that I have an issue with that. The third thing I had a problem with, only because I don't know how he was measuring that. Like, did he line everybody up and say, everyone raise your hand who likes this whole Atheism Plus thing? And, like, 51 people raised their hand and 49 people did not. I, it's just, I don't, I don't, I think it was a stupid thing to say because it's, it's, it's unfalsifiable, it's hyperbolic, 
it, it's meaningless. It's just, it's basically just saying we're awesome based on nothing. And I mean, look, if you want to be a cheerleader for your cause, fine. But it was saying we're awesome based on nothing. And if you're not with us, you're the enemy. That's oh no! I, I yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's the thing that I, I know. Brian was upset. Right, and I and I, I know why. I, I know that Brian was upset about that, and I I I acknowledge that, and I agreed with it. I mean, I was really upset by it too. Although I don't think as upset as Brian, because I I not only did I, I I've heard the carrier then came out and apologized for that, which I mean, I, you know, it's like he's not he's not the president. It's it's not really his job to be to speak perfectly on all occasions at all times without, you know, having a misfire here. I can't, I can't fucking believe I'm defending him. Um, <laughs> but, well, he wasn't you know, he, representative of it. I mean, to say he wasn't involved in, and a leader within the organization is, is wrong. Oh, there wasn't oh no, 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 yeah, yeah. That structure that says, yes, Richard Carrier is the grand high visitor right. of, of atheism plus. Like, Jim McCrate, I think, founded it and just dropped it and ran off and, and did her own thing. Yeah, that's what I heard and, and I I mean I don't even care. Like I, I don't I don't give a fuck about her. Uh, yeah, and I, I mean that literally. Like I don't care one way or the other. Um like I don't wish her any will I I've never read her site. I just I don't give a shit. No what what I meant by president is if he is not the president of the United States, like he doesn't have what I would argue is a moral responsibility as the figurehead and shepherd of a nation. He he does he he doesn't have that role. So therefore any mistake he may make in misspeaking, and I guess that's double mistake in misspeaking, um, I'm willing to forgive him because he's not re- representing anything officially. Now, were he the head of an organization like, say, CFI or American Atheist, and he said in that capacity, this, you know, we're winning and you're wrong if you don't, then I would have it. Like, if, if Silverman came out and said, Atheism Plus is awesome, and if you are against it, you are against us, then I would have probably said publicly, okay, David, then I am against you because fuck you. Like, I don't, I, you, you don't own me and you don't own my brain and you don't own what decisions I should make. But that's not what happened with Carrier. He, he expressed an opinion and he apologized for it. Although I have heard that it wasn't a great apology, but it's like, okay, well, now we're getting into how do you apologize well? And I, <laughs> I think that's a stupid argument. I've, to have I've to. never even heard the apology and, and wouldn't care either way. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. He set himself up to be the Dark Lord of the Sith of Atheism Plus, and that was just funny. Yeah. But, well, like well, I said, we've, we've I agree. kind of moved on. So I've got yeah, exactly, exactly. to be at a con with this guy, this, this Richard Carrier, and that should be right. at least interesting for me, but he's not someone I'm looking forward to seeing. There are a lot of other speakers, I'm getting back to the original point, that are going to be there right. that are, are really interesting people. There's a really good comedian that's going to be there. And the fact right. of the matter is, I'm going to be there, so you should come, so you and I can hang out. And well, now this is the other thing. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it all—it's weird to me how the demographics are working out. But I've noticed an overwhelming trend, at least from my point of view, where much of the atheist community, if we can call it that, activity has been predominantly uh, East Coast and then Florida. Like, there's probably four or five people that I've talked to either on Atheist Edited or in some other capacity who are all from Florida. And I, I don't get how that worked out. I don't have a problem with it. I just don't get it. So what what has well, happened, unfortunately... ...because of its issues. And But really, right. I'm actually surprised there's a lot of activity on the West Coast. Well, there is. It's just, it, it, it to me, has like, like, American Atheist is based on the East Coast. Yeah. Um, a number of other well, organizations are based... more skeptics territory, from my understanding. Like that's where Michael oh. Shermer's got the the Skeptic Inquirer magazine. That's where he's based out of. Uh, like, um, See, that's that's even more than I know. Randy Group, like for a while they were in Vegas or like based out of the West Coast or whatnot. 
Right, right. That was a, a the skeptics are big on the West, the atheists are big on the East, but there's a reason for that. Okay. Would, would you like to know the reason? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's, it's all about the conflict. Uh, West oh. Coast is very secular. I mean, California, Washington, you, they're, they're not, I mean, yeah, you get your Scientology pockets, so you have your regular churches and whatnot, but your crazy church leaders aren't ruling the area. Now, here on the right. coast, it's, it's another story. My home state of North Carolina, the crazy subway preachers that we have up here in Manhattan, those are the kind of people that get elected to office. So there's right. a lot more outrage here and a lot more need for just straight atheism. Now, here that makes York, a lot of sense. Uh, we're actually, we're more of a, we have some activist things to do because there are some silliness, silly religious things that are happening here in New York, but not nearly right. as frequently, and we're not nearly as needed here in the city as we are goddamn everywhere else in the country that's ruled by religion. So right. on the West Coast, the skeptics are, they're, they're what kind of what atheists become when the big fight is over. Yeah, I think that's yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense actually. Um which which explains the thing that I've noticed because uh, the reason I pointed out was that it has seemed to me that the convention circuit has overwhelmingly favored not LA. And um like in fact, the last three atheist uh, American atheist conventions that I thought of going to when they announced their location, I was like, oh, I'm not gonna fucking do that. I just it, that's and, and actually um only this last time was the time where I thought I maybe could financially, because uh, I have a decent job now and that sort of thing. But it was like I'm not fucking flying out to Tennessee. I just that's ridiculous. Well, I'm, uh, now Grant, well, uh, good, good on you. I'm, I'm not. Doing I'm not even that. speaking about one. I'm just going because I want to go. And actually, my organization, We Are Atheism, we're going to be doing a table there. But hey, American atheists do their conventions in cities like the last one was in, or this one's going to be in Memphis. The last one before it was in Salt Lake City. They do them in towns that are heavily heavily like hit with the uh the, or under the, the thumb of religion and they want to open up uh the forum for atheists and they want to show the atheists in those areas that they're not alone and the turnouts they get when they do atheist conventions in very religious areas are incredibly high when compared to when they do them like in new york or in oh, LA totally. or not. well again i i get it i'm just saying so from my perspective and i'm the one who has my checking account uh they don't have my checking account i do I, I get that, and I appreciate it, and I and, and I and, and of course it's all about me. <laughs> so, I, I mean, that's all I'm saying is is that when I look at okay, you know, I could either do this this month or I could fly away the fuck across the country for this. Yeah, I mean, what you say makes total sense, and I completely uh, sympathize with it. It's just, it's like, all right, well, I, and that's why, unfortunately, I remember the last time it was in LA. Um, I remember like 15 years ago there was one, and I stupidly didn't go. Um, and they had Julie Sweeney speaking, and I would have loved to have uh, seen that. But that's kind of where I am. I'm like, well, I, I, maybe if I – I guess, okay, that's the thing, too, is um, uh, a, a good friend of mine has sometimes questioned my, I don't know, let's just say dedication to the cause, if you will, where she's like, what are you getting out of this? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I mean, it's fun. And she's, and she's like, well, but you, you don't get paid, you know, like – because uh, I think the third time that I did a podcast, someone else's podcast, she's like, well, you need to pay for this? I was like, no. It's just she's like, well, why are you doing it then? Now, granted, that's a bit of a false dichotomy. Like, if you don't get paid for something, it's therefore not worth it. But I think the point that she was making was, because uh, some of it was leading into some, some dark territory. Like, you know, I was getting into Internet battles and stuff. And that's when she really said, like, 
if this is what it's leading to, why is this worth it to you? And and in those occasions, of course, I was like, well, no, that's not. But the the, the doing the show Tuesdays is because I'm just talking to people. Um, so that's when it kind of comes up is like, you know, if I'm to look at a realistic possibility of flying myself, because um, she's probably not going to hang out. You know, she and other friends are probably not going to come with me to Tennessee. So it's going to be me flying alone. And then if I go flying alone, then my wife is going to complain. She's like, well, I don't, I don't see you all weekend. And if I say to her, like, well, you can come with me, she's like, well, yeah, I could. Or I could, like, watch, you know, Game of Thrones and, and you know. So it's, so I'm, I'm kind of stuck in that place where it's like, if I'm into something enough, yes, I could do it. And you, you may be right. In fact, I'm sure that you're right, that it would be really, really fun and amazing. But then it's like, eh, I, you know, I've got to put the bill and all that other shit. So, the next time, uh, well, and unfortunately, uh, see, now this is how picky I get. There's an organization out here, I can't remember the fucking the name is, they're like the Backyard Skeptics or something. They're based in Orange County, which is not that far. But the thing about L.A. is that because the bus system is the way it is, and because even driving is the way it is, it is such a horrendous pain in the ass to just get like 10 blocks away, I'm being hyperbolic, that... I just I, I I'm old enough now. I'm like I, if it's not if it's not really easy to get to and very you know convenient time wise, I'm just not going to bother. Because in fact, uh, the last convention of theirs that I knew about, um, they had our good friend uh, PZ Meyer speak, which like whatever I would have just skipped it. But they also had um, oh shit, the Godlet voice voices of reason, the the choir speak, singing, and one of my good friends is in that, and I actually would have loved to have seen them perform. But I would have had to have gotten myself out to Orange County, and it's, it sounds weird if you're in um, New York, but it's actually not that easy to get out there. <laughs> so actually, I was I like, realize the airports are like JFK, the big airports. Well, there's three airports in my city, but the big airport, JFK, it's like ten miles away from my house or from my apartment. It takes me two hours to get there. Actually, that doesn't surprise me at all because you've got that stupid river in the way and other boroughs. Because you're in Manhattan, right? Like the actual yeah, Manhattan. Manhattan. Right, I'm right. In, so, I'm in, I'm I mean, I've been there enough times that it's like, okay, how the hell do we get out of here? Yeah, so, so I mean, it, there we are. I, it, it's, it's all about, you know, my convenience and, and my level of willingness, and I recognize that that's selfish and there's other things out there besides me. But when I look at my checking account, uh, suddenly it is all about me. So, uh, But I, I really do hope... That one day, um, whether it's in Vegas or whether it's in L.A., that something occurs where all of us can finally get together. Because I agree with you. Like, that would be pretty – in fact, it would be so weird because it's been years now that we've all interacted. And it's at most been through Skype, you know, or um Yeah, we've never out. seen each other face-to-face. Yeah, and that's just kind of a weird thing because I think I think you're old enough to – that you grew up in an era when that sort of thing just did not occur. You, yeah. you, at least not over over computers. Like you actually no, had I, to talk to people. I grew in person. up with the with the earliest of the early uh, internet uh, or versions right. of it. So I mean, I remember Telnet. I remember bulletin boards oh, when I was a kid. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're old enough to remember that shit. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, while I have greatly appreciated uh, you know the amazing advancements even just in the last two years, it's like. It, it is kind of weird, like, oh, wow, I've I've never actually seen this person in person. That's crazy. Um, but, hey, you know, that's just the way humanity goes, isn't it? Um, well, maybe this, this year you should put together or put aside a little bit of cash and come out to the PA con to support me because 
if people come out because I'm a speaker there, other conventions will invite me out to be a speaker there. Oh, and no, then, totally. I, then I get that. Conventions now have a voice of opposition against folks like the Dark Lord of the Sith and, and everyone else has crazy <laughs> ideas that want to turn atheism into a religion. Poor Terrier. Um, I really I do feel bad for him because there's so many of us like, who are like, fuck you. I really don't know anything about him other than that he said some dumb shit. I mean, like, I've heard he's a doctor and really smart, so... Yeah. yeah I, he, you're right. He probably We should probably give him the benefit of the doubt, but it's just too funny not to. I know that's horrible to say. Yeah. Well, but, you know, you know, it's funny. Um, it's I kind of true. Had Aaron Ra uh, on Atheist Edited recently, and I, I'm, I am almost 100% certain that he had no idea that I even existed before I emailed him, which is fine. Like, why would he? But um, I, I admitted to him post broadcast that, you know, I, I had had a few dust-ups with uh, some of his colleagues, and that that's fine. Like, those things happen, but that. It was unfortunate because I don't think it was ever necessary. Um, and what I found interesting in these conflicts uh, and what you just mentioned about about uh, Dr. Carrier is that I really am convinced currently that were we all to sit down and just hash it out in good faith, that like in person probably would be the best, that a lot of the bullshit could just be set aside and we could, we could probably all go – I do know. I do know. Yeah, it's getting yeah, people. Yeah, I, I do know, and faith, which people won't do. So, well, and, and the on. thing is, I would. I, yeah, no, I and I agree with you. I was really disappointed actually because at first, at first, I was like, "Mer," and I was like, "Well, you know what? Actually, this is probably a good thing." And then when you when you announced through various channels that you were attempting, and I thought, you know, better him than me. Like, I I think I have a little bit of bad blood that is too bad with a few people that I, I am not interested. In resolving because I'm not big enough of a person, and because I feel like I was kind of shit on for no good reason, and it's it's hard to let that shit go sometimes. Uh, but so when I saw you were doing, it, I was like, okay, cool. Like he's he's neutral enough that this would probably be appropriate. And then when you said like no one's coming to the table, I thought, no, no. Uh, so this is the problem. To come to the table. Yeah, a lot of well, people want to come to the table. It was just the other side, yeah. the folks that had a certain mindset yeah. that refused to sit down and. As as I remember, they were we refused to engage in dialogue with our harassers. They just need to go away I, and die. You know, the, the, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, I remember I was really upset by that because it was based on what seemed to be at least an undemonstrated, if not outright false, uh, premise. It was. Um, you know, I I have never denied that there is possibly, you know vitriol, hate mail, uh, harassment out there in the, in the Weber tubes. Okay, um, well, let me stop you right there. I get right. death threats regularly. I get oh, I have no doubt. Regularly. <laughs> That's, if you are in any kind of public space, or any kind of public right. figure, I should say, you're going right. to get some hate because humanity ain't exactly a cute and cuddly bunny. Humanity gets a little iffy and a little nutty when they happen to disagree with you. So yeah, yeah. I, certainly, uh, I certainly think these that all of these people in public positions are getting death threats and hate mail. That's standard. Yeah. That means you're actually doing something. Good on you for it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that's true. And part of me kind of feels like fucking put on your, your, your big boy or girl pants and deal with it because not not to victim blame, because I know people can misconstrue that as victim blaming, but if you are making the choice to go out there on stage, 
like, like stand-up comics, I think, is a perfect example. Like, if you choose to go up on stage and stand in front of a bunch of people and tell jokes, you not only have to be willing to accept that some of those jokes, if not all, are going to fall flat and no one's going to laugh, but you also need to be ready for at least one person to feel entitled to cut you down. And it's how you choose to deal with that that will, you know, define the rest of it. And I've heard every professional, famous comic talk about this. I mean, not literally everyone, but but many. And they all say the same thing. They're all like, you got to just deal. you got to work up skin, uh, uh, thick skin, learn how to deal with it, learn how to manage it. And the faster you learn that, the better off you will be. Because And, and, they, and I, I remember I heard Aisha Tyler talking about this. She was like, you know, I have a few standard responses. Like I say, oh, you know, I, I don't go to your job and slap the dick out of your mouth. Um, so, and, and she doesn't, it, it's clear she doesn't even care anymore. You know, she doesn't have any emotional attachment to it. She has learned that this is a thing that happens and this is what you do about it. And so when I saw the thing of, oh, we're not going to, it's like, okay, well, this is based on fantasies that are, are false. And then it's, it's, ba- it's building argument on those false premises, which if it were any other argument, say a religious one, we would not, we, we would be tearing this down. But because it's about this thing that we're all kind of emotionally attached to, we're kind of granting it this thing, this this pass. The, and I remember um, I talked to, to Corey about this. I didn't know this because I don't care. But he said that um, DJ Grossi was let go from JREF probably because he advocated that we be skeptical also of things that we're uncomfortable about because, you know, that's, I wouldn't. That's I have not heard anything to confirm that. I've heard that as a rumor and a suspicion. But JRF went through a lot yes, of changes, yes. and DJ was just part of it. Oh, okay. I mean, and I don't care. I, I really don't give a shit. Like, if he was, if, if if Randy like boot him in the ass, literally, I don't give a shit. If Randy was like, oh, sorry, dude, we don't have enough money in our budget, I'm fine with that too. I don't care. I just heard that it was pro. It, it, Possibly. It was possibly do. due to his... I like DJ. I've, I've met the guy. No, no, no. I, nice guy, very well I'm not saying him. that. I'm, yeah, I, I'm not saying I don't care about him, although I, I don't have any personal connection to him yet. I'm saying that as as far as businesses internally interact, I don't... Like, if 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 uh, Rupert Murdoch fires someone, that's between him and that someone. So if they fire yeah. him, that's between them and him. That's not. I'm not a part of that relationship. That's all I mean. Yeah, I should probably stop saying I don't care about things because people keep misinterpreting my intention. <laughs> Oops. So the PA thing. What are you going to talk about? Well, what do you want to talk about? It's your show. You're the one who. Uh, no, no, no. No, 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 I, I, no. I mean, what, what do you what do you plan on discussing at at the convention? Well, I'm not going to go into that because that's that's like oh, come on. Touch. that's that's new material oh. that that's oh, only be done once on stage and never again because <laughs> and, and you're not even allowing recording. I hate the idea that people continue. Yeah, they can record. They can put it on the internet. I will never do that talk again on stage though, because like okay. I said, I hate the idea of people repeating their speeches. If you are asked to speak at a convention, that is an honor and a privilege, and I'm not doing it for money. Like I'm not, I'm not going to get paid for it. Right, I agree. I agree. I, I, well, I, I would do it for money, but <laughs> oh, I repeat. Well, I mean, it's just that that's you are giving me the privilege of sharing my ideas and my thoughts with your audience. That's that. There is no higher honor, in my opinion. So I'm going to give them a damn. Oh, I agree. So I'm yeah. not going to talk about that. I, I like I said, you might be able to see it on YouTube if someone records it. Oh, but, I'm, uh, I'm sure that'll happen. 
Um, have you announced whether it's NEPA or somebody else, or are you able to do, or whatever? It's the Pennsylvania State uh, Atheist Convention. It's going to be in the Posticon, I think is the joke name for it. It's, oh, it's not I, Justin, I've heard of that. Uh, the NEPA thing, isn't that Justin Vagula's, uh, like, little... Yeah, it's Justin, it's, um, it's, uh, oh, shit, her name's gone out of my head. I'm so... Carla. Uh, it's Carla. Like people. That's not a convention. Oh. That's... Well, I, I thought that they I thought they organized a NEPA con. I didn't know that. I mean, yes, it's three people, but you I mean American Atheist yeah, is like three people. Three <laughs> people managed con. No, this is a. Uh, no, I thought Brian they organized Fields. one. I'm sure you know who Brian Fields is. He's like uh, a little bit when it comes to atheism. This is right. He's, he's he's done this for years, and it's a huge convention. It's been very successful, and uh, like I said, it's a real honor to be able to speak at it. Oh, absolutely. Wait a second while I check our. Uh, Okay, we're 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 over half, but we're good. Um, I wish I could fucking access this shit on my phone. It's so annoying. Although I guess it's no less annoying than reaching over and looking at it when I when we're you know on the on the hangout. Um, okay, so you can't talk about the new material. It's uh, it's with the Pompsicon. Yeah, I, I like that name actually. Um, I got other stuff to talk about though, if you want. Oh well, you know, okay, if you must, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I mean, this is, I pretty much do atheist stuff, like, all day long when I'm not playing video games or... You know, actually, what I've been wondering time. about, what I've been wondering about you is how you find the time, and I ask this about people a lot, because, okay, as a perfect example, and I know anybody who listens to this is going to laugh or ask, like, oh, great, another Anton brief example. So, uh, this, I don't promise it'll be brief, but it is a perfect example. Um, so I, I do this little, I don't even call it a series, it's, it's, a, well, it is a series, of um of videos that I post to uh directly to YouTube or through um through Twitch, terrible gaming where I just I play a game and I'm I suck at it. And that alone doesn't take any time or energy in addition to whatever I'm playing because, you know, I usually just podcast it directly. Um, especially with the new PS4 stuff. So but I recently was able to make this PC game Pharaoh work on my Mac and just for shits and giggles, I recorded a session with, um, with, with the, the, not the YouTube, the, uh, with the QuickTime. And it was successful. I was able to import it into, uh, into the, the iMovie. But then I started editing it because I realized watching me click little squares is probably not that interesting. Before I knew it, I threw some titles on there and then just, just the last time I was like, you know, I should probably put a voiceover to say, like, what I'm intending to do and what the result is. So, there we go. Like, Without really thinking about it, I have been putting together this probably ultimately five-minute video that I'm almost certain no one is going to watch. Um, I don't reveal anything to really. A lot of people watch Let's Plays. Oh, sure, sure. I'm just uh, – my, my audience on – it's weird. I, my subscriber number is not reflected in the view number. <laughs> I, I, in fact, I would say two-thirds of those people, I don't know why the fuck they're subscribed because they never seem to watch anything. But whatever, that's, that's a whole different uh, uh, discussion. Um, my point only being that I, unlike someone like the Thunderfoot or the whatever, the, the you guys, I have no real, like, once I upload to YouTube, I have no guarantee that anyone is going to watch it, let alone, say, a thousand. But it's, it's fun or whatever. I, if I upload something to YouTube, I, I know I'll that, probably, like, put it on the that's true. just to make sure I wasn't an idiot, but... Right. It's, it's not, I don't do it to, because of the audience factor. I do it just No, no, of course not. It. Exactly. No, and that's why I do it. It's just for fun. But my my point is, and here here finally I'm arriving at it, is that I will probably have spent at least um, two or three hours total in editing time 
down from 20 minutes down to five minutes after playing for a number of hours. So this is chunks of time out of my day, you know, because obviously I have a job like most people do and all that stuff. Got to gonna uh, hang out with a wife for some bit. And when I say got to everyone, I don't mean it's an obligation that I don't want to do. I'm just using language. Um, so after all of that, in fact, this is why I, I have semi-retired, although not officially yet, atheistasshole.com, because I simply was not finding the time to write anything, like let alone just simple little update blog posts. And so I was like, well, why – why am I doing this? Because oh, but I was feeling stressed. I was like, oh, I gotta update. I gotta update. I gotta gotta try to build a. Blah, blah, blah. So this is what I don't get. Like this is just my silly little life. This isn't including like being a leader of any group. This isn't including posting regularly on any site. This is just what I've mentioned so far. Yet you, as you said, you game in addition to the other activities. So where the fuck? Do you, and Sundays, like the fact that you go and do. The revival on Sundays, I just, I can't. I wake up maybe as early as noon on Sunday. Maybe. It's well, usually I, later I now. Because I, I think you're uh, you're not quite clear on how little or and how much time each designate or each job takes. Like, the godless oh, Maybe I'm not. We do, we do an event every, once a month, if even that. We actually sometimes take a month off because we just don't oh, have okay. time to do it. So that is right. one Sunday out of the month at best. I thought it was every week. We're actually <laughs> we're talking we're talking about scaling it back even further because uh, I like to be able to sleep in on Sundays and we we don't start right. until like one p.m. on on Sunday for the oh okay survival. So it's more of a brunch thing, right? Or like or a lunch thing, but you know I still get eggs and all that because I'm an idiot. But that's right. that takes up a little bit of time on Sundays and a few meetings during the month to plan it, work it out, schedule it, book it, get everything, get our ducks in a row. So that's that's a little bit of time right there. That's not much. That's six hours a month at best. So, uh, so one, one one title, one job, six hours a month, no problem. And there's Amy, okay. which we've been really slack about lately because we've been having some scheduling conflicts. We haven't put out a new episode in a while. We're going to fix that this Sunday, but that literally takes one to two hours each week, each Sunday night because there's oh, okay. no prep work. Uh, right. I used to actually do like – Try to do like scripts and whatnot. I just don't have time for it. It's all yeah. it's all off. The oh yeah, yeah. Like, I will look up some news, <laughs> news articles like 15 minutes before we record, and we run with it from there. And hopefully, I've lined up a guest. And if I haven't, we'll just go nuts. So right. Then, uh, right. And Gotham atheists. Gotham atheists. We do this thing every Friday night called drinking with atheists, where we all get together at a, like a bar or someone's apartment, have a few drinks, have some discussions, right. talk about politics, whatnot. And and that's that's one night a week, and I don't even go to all of those because I don't have time to. And and everyone's okay with that. The leader cannot toss, you can't expect me to even afford to come out to every drinking right every, every Friday night. It's just that's way too taxing on me. Uh, the the only thing that really takes up a lot of time though is we are atheism because we're getting ready to launch a huge fundraiser. And uh, right, it's, it's, yeah, it's a national. Nationally, federally, federally recognized 501c3 tax exempt organization. So there's a lot of work that goes into that. That takes up a lot of time. Right. Yeah, I saw Amanda posting some things about that on the site, and uh, I was admiring from afar. I was like, uh, "Hey, I'm, I'm glad you guys are doing it." And oh, and I, I wanted to tell you, um, we I think the last time we spoke, it might have been through Atheist Edited, it might have been something else. Um, you had basically said that uh, you were, in fact, very much for uh, trying to deconvert people. Because at the time, I was like, no, 
I'm I have I'm having to say I have to admit that I I am finding it more and more important, and I'll give you one huge reason why that occurred recently. Have you heard about the child deaths in Idaho? Yes. Yeah. So I I had known shit like this <clears throat> went down every once in a while, but this is the first time I think I saw it through the David Packman show. It was the first time that I was aware of it, like so blatantly, explicitly going on, and how the law was not. Because for anyone who doesn't know, just Google. Like, uh, I think it's followers of Christ. Uh, that might not be right, but Google Idaho children dead, like faith healing. It'll, it'll come up. Um, cause basically what's going on is there's this cult, kind of cult, kind of, uh, just uh, offshoot of whatever other Christianity that you might want to call it, where they believe in faith healing and they, they really do let their children die. Because uh, they, they really do seek no medical help at all, period, yeah. under any circumstances. And and uh, it's really creepy. I don't know if you've seen the footage, but there there's like a special cemetery that they have in Idaho, and, it, and it's just fucking dead kids. It's just tons of dead kids, like two years old, a baby, sixteen. It's fucking ridiculous. So um, Idaho still has a law in the books whose name I don't remember, but whose implications I do, which is that if you cite uh, religious, um, uh, uh, since your religious belief in your defense of your child dying, that, that's it. You're done. You, you, you go free. You can't even be um, brought up uh, with manslaughter. Now, as I understand it, there's some exceptions to this. Like, let's say you claim uh, religious uh, freedom um, exemption, excuse me, but then there's some evidence that you did visit a doctor or you did even give your child a bath in terms of making them feel better during their sickness, then you can't claim it because, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. It's either the one or the other, which I also think is fucked up. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> we'll let you off for murder unless you actually try to help your child. So this has been going on for at least five decades, if not longer, and these cats are getting away with it because, you know, of the Idaho law. And it's not like I did not feel strongly about this beforehand, but my mom asked me recently, actually, over the Facebook privately, um, why I had such an issue with religion. And I basically said because, and it's very simple, because people's beliefs lead to votes. And, and, and that has real-world implications. I mean, tell these kids, oh, sorry that you're dead now, but it's, we have to respect your parents' right to believe bullshit and justify it, and then let it go through law. So, so since we have spoken, I, I I'm not going to go out and street counter preach, but I've definitely felt more and more strongly that I think we need to have some serious conversations, all of us, because, it, I, you know, to to shut down a bakery because they're not serving to gay couples is one thing. To let children die for no good reason, from completely preventable diseases, by the way, like nothing crazy here. We're not talking cancer or AIDS. We're talking like the common cold or measles or whatever. Um, to me, is absolutely deplorable, and the culture should not accept it at all. Like there should be – or anti-vax or, you know, whatever. Like whatever the, the extreme effect is, we should not accept the cause as much as we can. And, and so, uh, so, hey, you've, you've reconvinced me. <laughs> well, let me say, like, I when I when I was talking about, hey, yeah, we should probably do some more things to help create more atheists. I don't mean let's knock on people's doors and say, hey, no, the good work no. from Dawkins. 
No, right. that's, that's ridiculous. That doesn't even work for that doesn't work for anybody. Well, I mean, maybe yeah. the Mormons get a few people a year that way. I don't yeah. know. I don't know those figures. I'd actually yeah, be shocked if they got a lot of people because I'm pretty sure they just get doors slammed in their face. But what I'm talking about is the best way that I've ever seen to convince someone to to join or to, to be secular or to to put down those old beliefs, not even to join the atheist community because that's that shouldn't be a priority. Just to to right. put down religion. Is education. It's oh yeah, yeah. You don't say, "Hey, there is no God." You can, right. you show people pretty much how to think. Uh, our education right. system will do that, can do that, and since right. it's not doing that in so many places because there's so many laws and crazy religious people fighting against it, those are the battles that we have to wage. Because getting yeah. people to understand how to skeptically, or as Carl Sagan put it, skeptically interrogate the universe generates more atheists, generates less dead kids. And it's pretty much all around good for society. And you don't have to con anybody. That's the best part. Right. You don't have to sit down and, like, brainwash someone, which is just ethically just drives me up the wall. Just yeah. educate them. Just you know, education. I, you don't even have to bring up religion. You should never bring right. up religion in that setting. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell me what you think of this, because um, I actually would not not uh, take you a step further, because that's not what I'm about to do, but I would, I would maybe miss or redirect something else. I have found it increasingly irritating in our culture that it is completely socially acceptable for someone. In fact, um, the wife and I were talking about this the other night. It's completely socially acceptable for me to uh, enter a group, an unknown group, and say with confidence something like, um, oh, you know, my horoscope says that this will be a great month for me. Now, some people may kind of back off. Some people may react with derision. But generally speaking, there is a level of social acceptability to making that statement that does not exist for other things. Like, I don't know, if I said, um, oh, I'm a, I'm a huge Scientologist, or, or, or I, I, was, I was abducted by aliens last night. If I walk into a group and, and say with 100% certainty and confidence, I, you know, not a lick of irony, I was abducted by aliens. People will look at me like I'm crazy, and they will immediately act like I'm crazy. Now, what I don't understand yeah, is what, neither of those some, some being wrong about things get a pass, and others don't. Right, right, and, and that's that's why I have very little patience for. I would almost say zero. Uh, I don't think our culture should just grant this huge pass to so many things that have no reason to have that granted to them. Well, there's because, a reason for that. Because right, aren't we want a culture that accepts faith as on equal footing as fact when it comes to personal belief. You, right, are, right. you are allowed to believe that, you know, a different set of misreality is, uh, against the facts if your faith tells you so. You're allowed to believe in psychics. That's perfectly legal. That's that's a legal form of fraud. And sometimes oh, yeah, no, totally. folks push it a little too far and they go to prison. Most of the time yeah. they don't. And when it comes to religion, no. they almost never go to prison because their fraud is constitutionally protected. And that way of thinking is constitutionally protected. That's why right now, Ted Cruz is being put in charge of NASA, at least the oversight yeah. committee. Ted I know. Cruz, I a, a known science denier, a guy who yeah. doesn't even know how to spell science, is put in charge <laughs> of oversight on this country's greatest scientific institution, the one that has, yeah. that, that put us on the fucking moon, and we put yeah. Ted Cruz in charge. The, yeah, I don't Obviously, get it either. He's, he's a terrible person for the job. I mean, he's not qualified in any way, shape, or form to to have any kind of oversight over NASA, but because yeah. of faith. 
because well, he I, has a faith I, that I would go you one further though. Like. Yeah, I, I would go even further though. I don't think it is. Um, I, I, as I said, like um, if someone said they were abducted by aliens last night, every that would be met with derision. So I don't think it is faith. I think it's there are, I, I, or rather, I don't think we equally apply it. I, for some reason, there are things that we are okay with people because. I wouldn't even say that fortune telling or psyches. I wouldn't even say that's that's necessarily religious. It, it obviously can be related, but I don't. I, I, I kind of wonder if it's um, if it's just what we're used to. Like a thousand well, years ago. Oh no, I, I recognize that. I'm just saying that it's not. I, like like believing in aliens is not attached to any, you know, one belief system. It's it's actually I would say more scientifically based than anything else that I've mentioned. Well there's Scientology, yet, there's there's a few uh Mormons right. actually are big on aliens. Oh no you're right. Jehovah, you're right. No, uh, no, no, so, you're right. That that's a good point actually. Although I would argue that most people don't know that because I didn't know that until, you know, I don't know, like five years ago. But, so, but not, my only thing that I'm saying is that. Right. <laughs> the only thing I'm saying is that it, were I to make a Basically, science-based claim, um, uh, you know, aliens grabbed me last night, that would be met with immediate derision. But this guy that said, oh, fortune-telling, like, ghosts talked to the fortune-teller and told her what's going to happen in my life, that is expected to be accepted. And that's the kind of thing that, now, maybe you're right, maybe it is just education. But I would like to try to get at the root of just what is allowed to be uh, skeptical scrutinized and what is not because it really bothers me when people like him or my mom or whoever says oh you're just being like it always starts with oh you're just being and then they say skeptical or cynical or whatever and it's like and i, and I said to her why is it bad for me to doubt like why do you consider this a bad thing why should i just accept this because i i just i don't i don't understand why you find that a valuable process so i don't know if you think that education will solve that uh so you tell me <laughs> If they put a class in high school a that's right there with, with English and mathematics and all the other bullshit courses they make you take, like right there next to physical education, you have to take this course at least once to graduate. Across it, that was all about teaching you how to not be exploited. Teaching you how to right. look for expert look and see how people are exploited and how to avoid that. Spotting exploitation, spotting cons, whatnot. Right. Maybe the class like that, religion, psychics, all that mumbo-jumbo would disappear in a few years. I think it probably would, although it, as soon as you said that, I thought, you know, I can already see the debates in Texas where, or, you know, because that, that's where the textbooks are, where people say, like, well, you know, you're calling this a cone, but it's my thing. Well, you have to write it in such a way that you're not directly right. calling anything out. Like, we're not right. going to talk about religion, uh, Islam, right. you know, not mentioned at all in this course. Not going to mention any of that. We're going to talk about con artists. We're going to talk about fraud. Right. Give you the tools right. to figure to apply these things to other situations yourself. That is the most right. secular thing you can do. It's the most ethical thing you can do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You, you sold me. That sounds like a pretty good idea. I mean, I, I guess you could just call this like ethics and and deal with it in that because no one's going to have a problem with that. In fact, when I was teaching in a Jewish school and I I introduced debate and and logical fallacy, no one had a problem with it. Because you know, no one's ever going to say, yeah, I thought I'd do a school for like a year and a half, and, and it was one of the singular worst experiences of my life, not because they're bad people, but because it was a giant clash of cultures. I mean, just 
massive. Um, I, I mean, I, I knew the community through family, friends, and and minimal exposure through the friends, like you know, at their their own private, you know, a Shabbos dinner on Saturday. I could deal with. But when it was like a dozen kids all telling me how much they hated me and telling me I was I was bad because my brother's gay or whatever, like day in and day out of that, and then you know having to talk to parents who're like, well, my son should get a pass on this thing because he had a fair bringing, and I'm like, I don't fucking care. Just all of that stuff totaled was exhausting. But I did notice that when I when I said, oh, we're going to talk about logic and reason and stuff. No one had any objection because I never said I'm going to attempt to disprove um, Hashem. I just said like we're and it was great because um, I had kind of a lead-in with the school had independent of me this annual uh, science project, and so I could easily say like oh let's talk about science, let's talk about how it works. But you know what's funny was my my supervisor at some point sat me down and basically said you can't talk about global warming. You can't talk about evolution. You, like, she listed three or four subjects that I just could not even. She even, you're going to love this. She even said astronomy was iffy. And I was like, wait, astronomy? Like, look up astronomy. But apparently some rabbi said something about some star that has been falsified. And, but he's a very popular rabbi. So, you know, there you go. Just, ugh. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I thought I lost you there for a second. Um, no, I just just that whole whole experience. Uh, I'm glad I'm not a teacher. At least I'm glad I don't well, go to school. No, th- this is why I left teaching forever. Not, I mean, not just because of them, but because of other things. It's just it was it was abs- It was quite honestly the most exhausting thing I've ever done, and it was only an hour class a day, with maybe another hour of you know getting there, prep, and cleaning up and shit, and just yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ever since I got into uh into um well basically entertainment it's it's like it I, I basically do no work for much, much, much more money. <laughs> since you're making so, so much more money you should be able to come out to Pennsylvania this year. Well I should, except for, you know, uh financial tragedies which we will not go into the uh the, the specifics of that that occurred several years ago where I, I'm still Dealing with, um, oh, yeah. no, I want to. I forgot to mention that a few years ago. And on everybody went to heavy debt. Yeah, I know. Well, actually, what's so funny is that um, my personal shit that went that happened definitely uh, coincided with, though probably had very little to do with the 08 crash. Um, at least as, as far as I know, I'm, I'm not an economic expert. Um, oh, but you just made me think of something. Oh, uh, two. Um, uh, the wife and I have been gotten a taste of international travel and uh, credit card hacking. So, like, last year we went to Europe. Uh, we've gone to Mexico a couple times. Like, we went for, you know, our honeymoon, and, and uh, we went for Christmas. And uh, in the spring we're going to uh, to Egypt uh, by way of Italy. And we're, we are, because, you know, you get miles for whatever thing you sign up for. So we're probably going to be able to do this about once a year, you know, have a huge international trip and basically pay nothing for it. Except for things like food and stuff. So perhaps the die uh, over there. I hear they're not too fond of us at the moment. I'm sorry. Oh, Egypt. Yeah, yeah I die over there. Yeah. Well, you know, people keep saying that, but she kept she checked. Um, what the hell is it called? Like the state uh, department of state, or I don't remember which department it was that that was saying, you know, that, that tells us whether we can go someplace or not. And, and they said, in fact, our TripAdvisor uh, allegedly said. That not only is it, is it safe because it's it's okay, but you're as tourists you're escorted by um, 
own the guards everywhere because they don't want anybody to fuck with you because you're you're like the the lifeblood of the economy. So yeah. so yeah, we're gonna get like escorted everywhere in in private um, Wi-Fi enabled um, air conditioned trucks and because okay, here's here's the funny thing, uh, at least to me. I don't know if you have paid any attention to all of the last few years of what is now called social justice bullshit. Uh, well, I call it that. Um, PC. Yes, I to that. So some of the claims that are made of this, which I actually don't uh, disagree with, like, oh, you know, uh, I shouldn't complain because I've got first world problems. You know, I'm, you know, uh, other people have real problems. All that stuff. I actually agree with all that. Like, I, I, the problems that I have, you know, at least I get to eat on a regular basis like that. I accept that. But you know what? Now, this is this is what they wouldn't like, those social justice bullshitters out there. I fully recognize that I am going to take complete advantage of my uh, privilege uh, as a Western white male heterosexual going to someplace like Egypt. The thing is, I'm perfectly fine with that. Like, <laughs> I have no qualms about completely taking advantage of my privilege level and using it to enjoy further levels of privilege in a country that is just barely scraping by or whatever you want to call it. And that's the thing that I, as I've, uh, I've, I've encountered with the interactions I've had that people don't like is I'm like, oh, sure, I'm acknowledging what you're saying. I'm just saying I'm okay with it. I find it acceptable, and I actually find it great because I like to do this. <laughs> so, so take advantage of it while it's a thing? Well, I mean, I, I feel like, see, having been raised in the left, I feel like there's a sort of implied requirement of guilt. Like, oh, if you're a white male, you should feel bad constantly about the fact that you're a white male. Now, I think that... Why would anyone are, feel bad? Because of how well, that's a whole other thing. But I, I, I think discussions are worthy of having around these topics. But I don't know that anything is gained, anything constructive occurs if I just mope around feeling bad that I'm white and male. The thing, though, that I got the impression of being raised in the left that was not acceptable was not having the guilt and saying, you know what, I'm okay with this, I'm going to go ahead and enjoy my life. Um, I think the, the 19th century, 18th century people called that bourgeois. Um, in fact, the other night I was like, holy shit, I have a brand new PS4, a brand new Wii U, I've got several games for both, more on the way, I've got a, not brand new, but a, a pretty pretty solid iMac. I live in a decent-sized apartment in a very nice part of L. Not very nice, a decent part of L.A. I do what I like for a job. I make enough money that I can save. We eat out when we want. <laughs> you know, it's like wow. I think I'm exactly what the Russians tried to overthrow in the early part of the 20th. <laughs> like they're like Shit. so far. You're living the American dream. Well, I don't own, but uh, but yeah. Um, so well, none of us own anymore. It's all apartment living now. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, well, and market. and I'm fine with it, huh? I said thanks, housing market. Yeah, exactly. No, I, and that's the thing I'm saying is I'm fine with that. Like, whenever I see people, I I, I can't say how many times on on Twitter, especially, I've bumped into people like, oh, you just you're just entitled. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> What's your point? Oh, you're privileged. Like, actually, one well, person who said that. Huh? So that, I would say I live in a place where if to be a homeowner, you'd have to win the fucking lottery. Yeah, well, there's that, or too. Or just well, that... a shitload of money. Or, or those, that's what I call privilege. Yeah. yeah. Hold on, I'm talking well, The thing that drives me oh, nuts, and okay. I've got to go on this little side rant, because the thing that drives <laughs> me nuts the most about this whole the SJW privilege thing is it takes the focus away from the problem. 
Yeah. When you're talking about like uh, poverty, when you're talking about in or in or inhumane living conditions, that's right. you're talking about the problem. You're talking about how to solve the problem. And when you're talking about privilege, you're talking about why you should feel like shit for having it so well. You're not talking about the right. problem anymore. You're trying to guilt people who are not going to be guilted into feeling bad for living a standard way. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying we should, like, go out and shake or pat ourselves on the back because we don't have it that that horribly bad. Oh, actually, a lot of us do. I could name a uh, right. hundred white males that live in absolutely horrific conditions and are probably going to die soon. But, uh... Right. But you, you lose the focus. You're, you're not going out and doing charity work. You're not helping people climb up. You're not uh, exposing the idea that you know, the color of your skin is completely irrelevant when you have to judge a person for their accomplishments, what they say and do. That's that's irrelevant. That's that's what gets you the job. That's what gets you ahead in life is, is your accomplishments. Promoting those kind of ideas, uh, that's great. But you're, like I said, you're just, you, you just ignore the problem. <laughs> well, not only that, the, but... Oh, sorry, go ahead. They kind of make it sound like in order for since I'm now the problem because of my skin color and the fact that my sex organs dangle, in order to, to fix the problem, I should go out and blow off one of my testicles and live in a shack <laughs> and get a bola and die. And that's the solution right. to the problem that they're putting forward. And that's just sick. It, that well, it's, it's also, as you said, it doesn't solve anything. Um, and actually, no, I, would, I would do you... I would do you one further, is I, I, a number of people who have made these claims of privilege, which, again... I almost always agree with, they're almost always middle class or even upper class white people. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. You're, you're accusing me of the whole privilege thing, yet you have like hundreds of thousands of dollars at your disposal, which I would argue is a far, far greater privilege than, uh, than the melanin levels in our skin. But yeah. Uh, unfortunately on that note, we need to wrap up because I just checked the time. We're actually a little bit over and, and like I said, I'm, I'm hanging out in the job, so I can't hang out all day. Well, actually, I have to cook but, dinner anyway, so that's good. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for joining me again, and uh, I'll, I'll uh, give you the details uh, after we stop broadcast, which we'll do in a second. Um, but as is tradition, as has been tradition for a while, um, you uh, you plug whatever you need to plug, and then I will do the same. So, And it sounds like you do have a lot. So where can people find you? Well, first off, let me say, come out to, to Posticon this year. It's in Pennsylvania. It's in September. Right. Google right. it. Check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, I'm going to be it. speaking, so support. But more importantly, the, the one thing I want to plug more than anything else right now is weareatheism.com. We are launching right. this brand-new fundraiser. We're calling it the Good 1% Club. We are challenging the secular world to, instead of doing what the religious world does, which is on average donate 10% of your monthly income to a completely non-transparent organization that will do whatever the hell they want with your money, instead right. give 1% of your income to a secular atheist charity that will show you exactly where your funds are going every step of the way and will do good, good deeds, disaster relief, charitable efforts, right. and even across the board in the name of atheism. So we're doing that right now, and we need your donations. We need your support. So Fantastic. Up. Okay. Is, is that the only thing you want to uh, let people know about? Yeah, right now. I mean, that's, that's a lot of okay. That's two big things. I mean, everything else I do, I'm coming to New York and we'll talk. Buy a beer. Or buy me a beer, more likely, because I'm poor. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, then, um, for those who don't know, uh, I can be found uh, at Anthony Hill on Twitter, which has a link to the YouTube channel, which is the same thing, Anthony Hill. The um, 
the this is usually every every Tuesday. Um, it, as I as I said in the beginning, um, that may change a little bit, but I will let people know. And then the Thursday show games experiment, not games sex experiment, although that's probably a better title. It's uh, every Thursday, uh, same time, seven thirty. And that also may change a bit in the future. We'll see. Um, but for now, those are the two things, and uh, and that's where people can find me. So um, as and now my favorite part. So, Lee, now this is going to be a little hard because um, I usually click on the button that I'm looking at. I'm not looking at it right now. So you you do your final word, word, uh, paragraph, or whatever that you want to throw at us, and I will cut you off probably when I think you're done. But I'm actually not sure about that. So go ahead, final word, you. Well, to that, all I can say is there is no God, and that makes me very happy, and it should make you happy too. <laughs>